I am way beyond a fanatic. I'm God-possessed. Get it straight. There ain't a demon on the planet that likes Mark Barclay anymore. If that's you, clap and shout one. Say, I am God-possessed. You better get ready. Did you bring a Bible? What a tremendous day to be a Christian, and I hope you are one, and if not, ask the Lord to come live in you right now. Call us, and we'll tell you what to do next. And you can change your eternity and your destiny forever. Please do it. Plus, you'll never be sorry that you walked with God and beat all this darkness, all this evil, and be able to live a good life while you're on this planet. Right now, we're in a series called Breaking Soul Ties. I'll hold it up for you in case you want to get it. I recommend that everybody everywhere has this series and listens to it over and again. Why? Because soul ties seem to be one of the number one things that the enemy uses. You get a wrong tied soul to another, it's disastrous. Plus, in this series, we're teaching on how does a human stop from vexing his own soul. Most people live with a vexed soul. They kind of do it to themselves. There's a way out of that. I teach it in the series. And so I'll teach it here some on the telecast. I want, I, I want you to get it all. That's why I'm here. Pray for us, will you? If you can send a letter, a testimony. We love testimonies. Send some financial seed. You don't have to, but when you do, it's a great blessing. Get your Bible and get some notes and get ready. We're going to study the Bible, and it's going to be awesome on Soul Ties. Turn with me then to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Come on. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. We believe everything that this Bible says in Jesus' name. We got a lot to say. We want to get busy. So here we go. Praise God. Give a hand clap and welcome the television audience. Would you do that? God bless you. We're glad to have you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, and we're teaching a series on soul ties, how to sever or break them. So we've been defining them in each session. And uh, believe it or not, this is our fifth time to teach on this. We, so we've been talking about all kinds of t things that get tied and knit or webbed into your soul. And what do you do about that? And of course, not all things that are, that are knitted into your soul are wrong. Many of them are okay, and they're the beauties of life. Praise God. So this morning, I want to teach a few minutes about limiting forces. What do we do about things that connect to our soul? Our emo Remember, your soul is your emotions, your flavors, your desires, your intellect. That's your process how you see things and understand things, etc., And your volition, that's your willpower. Your desires are all in your soul. See, when you're born again, your spirit is regenerated according to the New Testament, and you are what's called born of the Spirit of God. Your spirit and his spirit now kind of become one, we'll say, as he bears witness with you. You are now, you're, the Lord lit your candle on the inside, but that's not your soul. It's your spirit, man. There's nothing you need to do the rest of your life about your spirit, man. Well, Brother Barclay, if I'm born again, some we, sometimes we say saved, 
Sometimes we say, I accepted Jesus. I'm a Christian. You know, if you don't understand all this, you should go get my series. I just got done teaching. I am a Christian. And you'll find out what all these terms mean and, and what the difference is. But I bring this up to you today before I read my verse, uh, my text, because a lot of people think that because they met Jesus, there's nothing else for them to do. In fact, one of the greatest, most modern teachings of the day running through the churches on the Internet and even by TV preachers is that there is nothing for you to do. But the New Testament says there's many verses The New Testament says that you are to work out, I'm quoting it, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Huh? Yeah, that's called the saving of the soul. There's a verse called the saving of the soul. Now, your spirit man is already born of the spirit of God. There's nothing you can do to improve your spirit man. It's your soul you're working on. It's getting that willpower in line with his. Right? Even Jesus said in Gethsemane, I don't want to do this. Is there any way for this cup to pass for me? This, this, this cup of life here, this, you know, nevertheless, he said, and he agonized over it in prayer. But he said, nevertheless, let your will be done. See, working out your own salvation is not working your way to heaven. Without grace which means Jesus, grace is Jesus Christ. The grace of God is the, the provision of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now, without grace, you're not going to heaven. Don't fool yourself. I don't care how good of works you have. You, you must first be born again. That's your spirit, man. And then you must submit to Jesus Christ and receive his grace into your life. Still with me? Yes. It's simple, simple Christianity. However, you got some work to do. Why do you think the Bible says, renew your mind? Why do you, the New Testament. Why do you think the New Testament says, purge yourself? If it doesn't matter, what's it there for? Why do you think the New Testament says, cleanse yourself? If it doesn't matter, what's it there for? The New Testament. Why does the New Testament say, deliver yourself from this wicked generation of people? If it doesn't matter, then why so much instruction in the New Testament? But it does matter. So don't ever let modern preachers, no matter how pretty, preppy, and toothy, no matter how high celebrity level, don't you ever let anybody tell you that you have no responsibility towards God because you do. It's called being a disciple, see? And so being born again is wonderful and powerful. But what are we going to do about your willpower? What are we going to do about your intellect? What are we going to do about your desires, your lust? See, all of this either sets you up for blessing or sets you up for curse, sets you up for promotion, sets you up for demotion, sets you up to go forward, or you set yourself up to stay or go backwards, to, relieve, to, to receive the blessing and relieve the curse or get stuck in the curse. See, God knows what he's doing. Say, Father knows best. Doesn't he? He knows best. So the reason we're dealing with this series called Soul Ties is because there are things that will come into your life and mine that want to permanently attach themselves to our willpower, our wants and lusts, our desires, 
etc. And they get in our feelings. They get interweaved and, and webbed into our thinking and the way we view things and what we want. And before you know it, because it's you, your soul. Before you know it, you're making decisions and believing for things even and wanting things that are not biblically right for you, but you think they are because it's all mixed in with this, with this thinking and, and the way you view stuff and what your opinion is and what's your interpretation of it. That's why we have this beauty right here. The Bible says the word, book of Hebrews, the word of God is alive, sharper, than any two-edged sword. It says it pierces asunder. means it gets inside of you. It not only separates, you know, the bone from the marrow, but it says it literally will reveal to you and me the very intentions of our hearts. Now, why is that so important, Brother Barclay? I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people, they don't know why they do what they do. There are people that don't know today why they feel the way they feel or why they just did what they did. I know this from experience alone. When I pastoring people for so many years, it's like, why did you do that? I don't know. Well, why? what do you mean you don't know? Well, honestly, pastor, I, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I feel this way. Well, why do you feel this way? I don't know. And I don't think they're lying about it. I think maybe a couple people. That's their cover-up. But most people, they just don't, they don't know the intentions of their heart. That's what this is for. When you read this, it tells you what's up and what's down. And if you know what's up and what's down, then you can tell if you're up, down, or upside down. But without this... It's you make your deal, I make my deal. You, buy, you go by your convictions, which is biblically unlawful. I go by my convictions, which is biblically unlawful. And before you know it, you're living this whole little standard in your household according to your convictions. And me and the Joneses and the Smiths and the, and the, and the, and nobody's going by, by what really is the right way. Maybe we're just all going by what we're convicted to do and not do and look at and not look at and set up our own standards. And before you know it, we have failure beginning to happen. So you can say, if you want the banana to last longer, put it in the fridge. And he can say, no, 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 It'll, it won't rot that fast, leave it outside. And then we have a little banana contest, and we're going to find out the guy with the fridge was a little bit smarter than the guy that didn't. See, there's people that say, no, 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 you don't do it that way, you do it this way. And the only, the only proof sometimes in life is the fruit. Right? We go by what's rotting, what's turning soft and gooey and, and no longer palatable, and, and, so, and it's too late. And some people, you know, they live their whole life, and they just trip one lever after another lever after another lever. That's why they live in pain and then misery, and then they get out of misery, and they go back into pain. Then they fail, 
which causes more misery. <clears throat> and then they misbehave because of the misery, so they cause more pain for their family. And then because of the pain, they cause some other bad decisions, which cause some other failure. And then before you know it, they're in pain. And then they're in misery. And then the misery causes more pain. And because of the pain, they make some other stupid wrong decisions that trip some other levers that cause some more misery that end up causing some more pain. And all they got to do is just stop and start doing this right here. Now, it might take you a while to get out of misery and pain, but it's better than this perpetual circle of just constantly all your life having no great testimony that anything super duper happened for you. Right? This is why our ark arch enemy Satan wants your feelings hurt wants you to feel rejected to build in you a, a, a motive of insecurity and inferiority complexes even make you feel like you're, when you look in the mirror your interpretation of you is ugly or Absalom, you think you're beautiful and all you do is brush your own hair. Anything he can do to tie anything to your soul that's twisted, that demoralizes you, demobilizes you, gets you to have a wrong opinion of yourself or others to the degree that you can go to even a great church like this where we love you and convince yourself that nobody here loves you, that you have no friends here. What's the sense of going here? The devil, if he can get in your soul, darling, he'll convince you that, that uh, Vicky and I don't care about you and all, you know, all we want is your money and all the church wants is your money and, or work in the nursery and give us your money. And See, that's all of the soul. That's not your spirit man. Your spirit man uh, is all fixed. God's bearing witness with your spirit man saying, now you forgive, you live. You live, you forgive. You give. You, you give and you forgive and you live. That's what God's saying to you. Tithe, give, live, forgive. Make other, put other people first and touch them, heal them, save them. That's what God's saying to your spirit, man. But see, these limiting forces live in your feelings. Not being weird. Remember we talked about talking to yourself? Well, if you, if you don't remember that, you should go back and get that CD. It's one of the first ones, I think, in this series. People talk to themselves. Don't fool yourself. One guy said, well, you're okay if you talk to yourself as long as you don't answer. No, you're answering yourself every day of your life, several times a day. Some of you, if you're in trouble, 100 times a day. That's your soul searching. David said, I could not figure out what my problem was. Why was my spirit overwhelmed? Why am I depressed, he said. He couldn't figure it out. Until the book of Psalms, he gives the secret. David said, finally, I went and I just laid on my bed and my spirit. Now, wait a minute. That's not your soul. Remember, you're a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul, which I've already defined twice this morning. Your soul. But he said, I laid on my bed and my spirit made diligent search. What's that mean? 
My spirit man interrogated my soul. What are you thinking this way for? What are you feeling like this for? What's your problem, boy? What are you doing that doesn't line up with God's word? What are you accusing God of? Now, see, when you're busy, cluttered, on the move, running here, running there, trying to do everything, especially in the 2000s here, everything in life, you know, and half the time you guys are phoning, texting, you know, you're on the laptop, you're on the desktop, you're on the Internet. And even when you get some free time, it's not really free time anymore. So it's amazing how cluttered, fast moving in this great information age that we live in, of how our brains are constantly taxed. But I don't believe that's all good. I believe a lot of it's good. But I think there comes a time where you and I have to lay on our bed, sit in the chair, walk in the forest, kneel at the bench, whatever you do, that you have quiet time. Now, that's not pre-service prayer here. You come to pre-service prayer, it's exactly, it's not, it should not be your prayer time. It's pre-service prayer. It's your time to cry out to God, make your petitions unto God, so that when the church service happens, between the worship, the praise, the preaching, the altar work, the work of the elders, the anointing ministers at the end of our service, that somehow in that you've already prepped yourself, told God what you need in this church service, and through one of those means, may He touch you today. But that's not, that's not your time to meditate and be solemn and quiet. But you're going to have to have a time where your spirit man, bearing witness with the Spirit of God constantly, can interrogate your soul. Find out what your intentions really are. What are your intentions here? What are you feeling this way for? Why are you judging that that way? Why do you think this way? What is your issue? Why are you depressed? Why are you discouraged? Why can't you break this sin in your life? Why do you feel unloved, rejected? Why do you feel like you belong to nothing and nobody? See, you can go pay someone to listen to you talk about that. Or you can save a boatload of money and go sit on your own chair and lay on your own bench and talk to yourself and be quiet and talk and listen and let your spirit man do the work. Amen. Amen. Well, how, you're, that's spooky, Brother Barclay, only if you're naturally carnally minded. The Bible says the spiritual things of God must be spiritually recognized. You, I'm not making much sense to you at all if you're carnally minded and you don't, you're not a person of the Scriptures. You don't hardly know what I'm talking about. Now my verse. Still with me, aren't you? Yeah. Hebrews 12 uh, verse 12. 12, 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. 13. And make straight paths for your feet. Pause. Look up here. See, if you don't make straight paths for your feet, no one's going to do it for you. Sooner or later, your mama has to release you and can't get your shirt ready and Tell you you're going to go here and go there. Now get up, son, go to school, brush your teeth. Sooner or later, you have to make straight paths for your life and for your feet. Okay, let's keep reading. Lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Now look at verse 14. Follow peace with all men. Now that doesn't mean to be passive. Let people step all over you. 
never have an opinion, never have a say. You know, my Vicky's a very, uh, uh, I could testify of this before God. My Vicky's a very submitted wife, extremely. But if you think she's quiet and never has an opinion, you must not gone here but about one day. <laughs> See, a submitted wife isn't smothered. She's not a prisoner. We don't hold her hostage. She's not a slave. You, you don't do what I say and that's that. That's not submission. That's slavery. So uh, even in your marriage, if you're just going to be passive, this isn't talking about being passive, never have an opinion, never voice it, never follow the heat of your heart, never project, never see, never protect. This is talking about you pursuing and following peace. What's the sense? Why you need peace if there's no battle? Peace happens. The peace talks happen during the battle, man. Cease fire happens first. Then you can be at peace one with the other. Well, I like to preach on that, but uh, follow peace with all men. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Let, let me check. If this is still the New Testament. Yeah, it's the New Testament. Follow peace with all men and what? Tell me. Holiness. Out loud. Holiness. Come on, shout it at me once. Holiness. Yep. Without which no man or woman, human, shall see the Lord. Pretty simple. Looking diligently, 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God or fall short. Huh? But Brother Barclay, I just heard a young man preach on the internet and on TV that there's nothing you can do about the grace of God, that it's just yours and joy. Oh, really? That's something. I wonder if the Lord's going to use him to write a new chapter in the Bible. Because this chapter in the Bible says, you better be looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness that's in your soul, in your soul. That's a soul tie. Bitterness is one of the most vicious knots that uh, can be tied to your soul. Lest a root of bitterness springing up trouble you, that's your soul, and thereby many be defiled. What's that mean, be defiled? Well, you get bitterness in your heart, guess what's coming out of your mouth? Guess what, guess what you're going to do? Guess how you're going to act? See, if your heart is sweet, you do sweet things. You say sweet things. You're a sweet heart. But if your heart is bitter, man, I mean, you've let this go beyond offense, and now you're just bitter against somebody, something, maybe God, maybe the government, maybe the, I don't know. Who, I mean, bitterness is a wicked deal, man. And once you become, once this bitterness has rooted in your soul, now it can't get in your spirit, man, remember, it's perfect before God. It's a perfect garden. But bitterness will get in your soul, and before you know it, your face looks bitter. Your mouth sounds bitter. You don't do things you did before because this bitterness is robbing your heart. See, I'm preaching pretty good right now. Amen. You still with me? Now I want to go to one more verse, if you will. Uh, I want you to look at verse 1. Same chapter, Hebrews 12, verse 1. If you're here, say praise God. Praise God. Elbow someone, say thank God for a good pastor. Thank 
Just thought I'd create my own compliment today. <laughs> Haven't had too many of those yet today, so. Hebrews 12. Wherefore, verse 1, seeing we also are compassed about with such with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us, us, let us, not God for us, not pastor for you, let us lay aside every weight, weight, and sin, which does so easily Beset us. Still with me? That word beset means to ensnare, trap you. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now we can keep reading because this is one powerful chapter and it ended up, it, or, or we would end up if we kept reading in the verses I started with a minute ago, 12, 13, 14. What are you saying to us, Pastor? I'm saying to you that it is not God's responsibility to do your part, and he won't. You and I got to get in our soul and, and, do, and let our spirit search until we can accurately you know, calculate and or interrogate and come up with the facts. This is my issue. This is my problem. Now, how do I find healing for this problem? See, if uh, I, there, there are some women, they're prejudiced against all men. But this is the other way around, you know. I know, we know and have helped some of the, the men, even Christian men. They have no one good thing to say about any women. absolutely love bringing the Word of God to you like this. I hope you were able to watch the entire broadcast. If not, jump on our website and make sure you know when the next one's on in the next station. We're all over the place on television and you can come visit us if you want. There's information on the website about that as well. I want to remind you to get our series. That's what we're teaching on. How to break wrong soul ties. Once you tie a soul to a soul, it becomes extremely difficult to break that thing. That's why a lot of people, though they're good people, they live wrong, they get in a lot of trouble, they live in depression and darkness, they can't figure out what's going on. And it could be also, besides the soul tie, they are vexing their own soul. The Bible talks about this. We've been talking about it in the television series, but you can get it and go in even deeper. So order it now. Call in. Get it. You know what to do. Get on the website bookstore. Uh, breaking soul ties. You've got to have it. 
I pray you know my Jesus. And if not, accept him right now. Say, Lord, come live in me. Come live in me. Change me. Redeem me. Change my path from damnation to eternal salvation. He'll do it. He turns nobody away. Then call upon us. We don't want anything from you. We'll help you. Tell everybody you know about the telecast, about the ministry. Send a seed when you can, and I will see you on the next telecast. Amen. <laughs>